This is the Organizational Health Advantage Podcast with Keith Hadley and James Felton, Principal Consultants at Table Group. They're in the business of coaching leaders to build strategic focus and cultural alignment that leads to amazing results. This podcast is for leaders who are looking to increase productivity and morale while decreasing politics, confusion, and unwanted turnover. Welcome to the Org Health Advantage. Hello, and welcome back to the Org Health Advantage podcast. Our guest today is Debbie Ellison. She's the CEO of TeamSight, which offers an awesome personality assessment for leaders. She took over TeamSight in 2020, and she's going to talk about what makes a great assessment and share what it's like to take over a company during a global pandemic. Finally, we're going to get her thoughts on what it's like to go from being a consultant to taking over and becoming a leader of an organization. I've known Debbie for years, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Without further ado, let's welcome Debbie Ellison. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, James. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for your time. Um, so I want to I want to get started with some just some easy thoughts, um, you know. And and sometimes I ask this question at the end, but I had some feedback from a listener, like, "Hey, maybe you should you should ask these questions in the beginning." So. What's your favorite leadership book to, to gift and, and to share with other people? So this is a super easy answer for me uh, because when I joined the table group, I stole this idea from one of our consultants that each holiday season, I would send out a book to all of my clients. And so over those seven years, I sent yeah. out a different book each year. And the one that got the most attention that I continued to give out as needed is Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. Oh, wow. Have you read it? I have, but why do you think it resonated so much with people? So, oh, I think he is a good writer. So it always helps when uh, the writer uh, themselves is humble as he is. Um, I think in this particular case, there are so many leaders and uh, employees and and people in the world who hold on to things for too long. And there are a variety of different ways, uh, reasons why we do that, um, which we don't have time to get into here. But <laughs> he does a really good job of unpacking why it's healthy to let go and move on sometimes. Yeah. And so I think leaders... And, and the individuals themselves sometimes hold on to the wrong job for yeah. too long. And so I think that's why it resonated with a lot of my leaders. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really good. You know, one of the things I think about with that, that, since you brought it up, is there are so many times when leaders will have to part ways with somebody on the leadership team, you know, when a CEO has to make that tough decision. And then they look back and, and their learning was, boy, I don't know what took me so long. Like I knew this was going to happen and and it just took me so long to do it. So my takeaway would be like, I should have done that six months, uh, six months before. Is that what you found with leaders as well? Every single leader who read the book said that. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and individuals themselves. So oftentimes yeah. the leader said, oh, and by the way, I held on to a job in the past for too long. I should have let my CEO off the hook. So 
he or she didn't have to let me go. I could have just yeah. made the decision myself. Yeah. 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 I once had a leader say that about his own role. Like he yeah. was the he was the CEO. I said, mm-hmm. I've been holding on to this position for too long. I I own this company. Why do I have mm-hmm. to run it as well? You know? So yeah. that that was pretty good. And then uh how about a favorite leadership quote? Yeah, I I just love Brene Brown and probably for some of the same reasons Henry's book is good, you know, just yeah. she's thoughtful and she's humble herself and actually I have it up on my board. So I she huh. talks a lot about vulnerability and I love this like it's the birthplace of innovation, creativity and change. Yeah. And it just resonates so much with me living in Silicon Valley and so many people think, not just in Silicon Valley, I don't mean to pick on it, but you know, that vulnerability is weakness. And not only is it not weakness, if you don't have it, you're not as innovative, creative, or able to transform as you could be. Yeah. I often use that when that quote, so I didn't know you were going to bring it up. I love that. Yeah. I often use that quote when talking about vulnerability-based trust with our clients. Um, And I use examples like, 10 years ago, who would have ever thought we'd be renting our houses out to strangers? You know, or we'd be getting in the back of some stranger's car and they'd be taking us around and we'd feel pretty safe about it. You know, And, and those are crazy ideas 10 or 15 years ago. And now it's like, Oh yeah, commonplace. But how many times did those people get laughed at when they thought of the idea or shared the idea? You know, yeah. Um, and uh, and but they had to be vulnerable and and express this weird, crazy idea at the time. Yep, so, absolutely. And my guess is, in in many of the cases, you know, maybe Airbnb or Lyft, those leaders were soliciting more input from their team to execute on the idea. It wasn't just the vulnerability of having the idea and people laughing at it. It was when they went to execute on the idea, having a team of people that they could say, hey, I I got this idea, especially if it's a founder, right? I got this idea, but I know I don't have all the answers to executing on this. And so help me, like those kinds of words, I think are really powerful for a leader. Like I don't have all the answers, help me with this. I need you. That those are so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. You know, I um, I once got to know the former CEO of Pepsi, and he shared this is so he's older now, um, but it was he was so gracious with his time, and uh, he lived here in Scottsdale. I got to spend time with him a, a little bit, and uh, he talked about the time that he transitioned Pepsi from all soda to like bottled water. And I think it was Gatorade even, you know, and he had somebody on the leadership team that was just like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, and, uh, you know, the vulnerability there that it took to like, we are going to do a major pivot, you know, and, uh, and obviously that was a big change for them. And he had like serious pushback from people on his team, including one who ended up, they had to part ways because he just couldn't buy into the CEO's decision. Mm-hmm. But, but it was, it was and I right bet direction. that CEO was saying some of that too. I'll bet yeah. there was some. I know we need to change. I don't know if these are all the right answers, yeah, and the right way to change. But we're changing. Yeah, yeah, 
And so sometimes the leader doesn't even need everybody on the team to say, as we know, because we encourage conflict in, in ideas. Um, okay. I'll, I I might not agree, but I'm on board and I'll help you execute on it so that then you can pivot when you do make the wrong decision. I don't remember Pepsi's story, but my guess is not all those, uh, transitions were successful, right? Some of them weren't my guess. One one was a big failure where, where they did the clear soda. Oh, like the I clearly remember that. The, yeah, yeah, the clear, um, like clear version of Pepsi. Pepsi mm-hmm. Clear is what it was called. Oh, funny. And that like totally failed. But they were in the kind of enviable position of always chasing Coke at the time, so they could take chances, they could swing and miss, yeah. and uh, and that was pretty cool for them. Yeah. So, um, cool. Well, uh, thank you for sharing those. Yeah. And, I would love for you to describe, um, you know, team site and the assessment that you folks uh, run. Clearly, you know it better than I do, even though I've taken it a couple of times now. And, uh, you know, you you were such a great consultant for us at the table group. And I want to know, like, all right, what's this new product? You know, what's this new company? What's this new product? And hear all about, you know, taking over a new company, especially in 2020. So let's start with, I know I could ask multiple questions at once. Why don't you describe the assessment first? Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that. I think it is interesting how our professional journeys take us in certain directions because I wouldn't have anticipated this because, you know, being a table group consultant was like one of the best jobs ever. (laughs) So why would anybody ever not do that and leave, right? Yeah. Uh, And just the the journey to uncovering this uh, team site, which used to be called the Style of Influence, um, actually began when I was with Pat Lencioni um, backstage at Terranea at an Intuit Top 200 Leader Conference. And uh, Pat was going to be speaking, and we were listening to the, um, the, the speaker just prior to him, and it was uh, somebody from the Style of Influence. Mm-hmm. And it was the consultant for Intuit who was kind of talking about this assessment. And, and Pat leaned over to me, and he goes, man, that just sounds too complex. There's too many different variations and permutations. It's like, that's why I like Myers-Briggs. Um, so, you know, fast forward, Intuit was one of my clients. And so I worked alongside the style of influence because that was the chosen assessment at the time. And uh, as I worked with the assessment, I realized that pretty quickly you could get a lot deeper because of the continuum that it allowed versus being one or the other of something. So it really allows a continuum to just kind of compare it. You're not an S or an N, you're a one, two, three, four, five in that, in one of the four scales. But, yeah. but I, th- I think what's, what's more interesting is just you ask kind of like, what really differentiates it in the market of all these different assessments? Because there are, are now hundreds of these assessments yeah. that you can take on your personality. And I would say there are totally. two things that differentiate uh, us from the classic personality assessment. The first is uh, it was built for teams. So in the 1980s, the authors of the assessment really looked at what kind of behavior do people exhibit when they're on teams? And so all of the research, all of the questions, 
all of the, the 20 years of science and, and testing of this was all about team behavior. And even though other assessments are great at your personality and you can kind of kludge together, like, well, what does that mean on a team? They weren't designed for teams. So I think that's, that's one significant differentiator. Yeah. And I think the second differentiator now, uh, fast forward from that Intuit conference in 2012 to 2020 is now we've created a platform. So we have a software as a service uh, solution for this. Mm. Um, and it's primarily focused on uh, changing the industry's perspective that these things are kind of, you know, they're kind of one and done. A lot of people come in, they take their assessment, they're like, okay, that's interesting. And then, you know, it, it gathers dust in your Google Drive or your desktop in a PDF. Right. Uh, right. It's not what us consultants want. And I know it's not what those uh, assessment companies want, but it does tend to be um, very common still. And so we're trying to put some, you know, just some meat around it to help people come back over and over again by being able to come into the system and look at yourself with other people and the, the, the advice that you can get with you and one other person to, to work better together or you and an entire team of eight people. And so it's in, it's in an interactive um, modern design that's fun and easy, and uh, you'll want to keep coming back for advice. Debbie, I got to tell you, I think that is such a big piece right there because I have um, I have tried so hard. You know, we're we're kind of more into the Myers Briggs space, and and we kind of over index. I shouldn't say over index. We index on Myers Briggs and then DISC. But what I love about what you're talking about is this continual almost learning and interactive piece almost that um, that really keeps people referencing it. And, and you know, with Myers-Briggs or DISC, it is kind of like one and done uh, for those teams. And I've done so many different things to try to get them to keep referring to those. And some of it's worked and with certain teams and some of it hasn't resonated at all. Um, you know, I think the the best thing I ever did was create like almost like a playbook sheet with all the like quick descriptions of each Myers-Briggs types or each disc type. But, um, but that means they have to bring that with them to places, you know? And, uh, and so I love that component that you folks are working on. It sounds like it's, you're still innovating on it. So we are currently in beta and we are launching production in September. Um, we have hundreds of uh, new uh, clients as well as our legacy SOI clients that have been using it. And my, my favorite quote from last week was from the head of L&D for a, one of our clients, uh, which is a Fortune 100 company. Uh, and he said in giving him a demo, this is a game changer. I was just going to say that myself. <laughs> it's way better when the CEO of a yeah, company says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, head, awesome. head of L&D, but the CEO is uh, right sorry. there with them and uh, rolling this out to you know the top tens of thousands of uh, employees within the organization. And that's exactly what we want. We want this to be, you know, it's too strong to say this is disruptive because I, I don't know that th this is an industry that people would, you know, use that term. But but I right. think we are trying to, to change the paradigm uh, into this being um, 
something that genuinely helps people over time rather than the start of it and, and genuinely the assessment being the start of it versus the end of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. And I mean, I've, t- like I said, I've taken it a couple of times. I think it's a really neat assessment. And like you said before, not only is it built for teams, but it's also has this range as opposed to kind of being binary in, in certain mm-hmm. economies. So yep. I think that's great. You know, and, and we see that in Myers-Briggs, not that I'm harping on Myers-Briggs. I actually think there's great depth to it. Absolutely. But, but you see, and with teams and, and even myself, like, and people I know, you see people who are the same Myers-Briggs types and you're kind of like, oh, but you show up really differently than I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Pat Lanchoni and I are the same Myers-Briggs types, but he shows up very differently than I do. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, so that, that range, I think, is good. I like the range, uh, the continuum. It allows for some more uniqueness. Of course, it prevents somebody from coming in and in like 15 or 20 minutes, uh, you know, getting a couple of adjectives. And I, I, I think that we're more complex than that. Um, and so what we've worked really hard at, James, and I know that you appreciate this, is we think that labels can be really bad, right? Yeah. La- yeah. So this idea of I want to come in and within 15 or 20 minutes, just tell me what I am. And, you know, in this sort of uh, mindset that many of us are, like our attention span of whatever it is now, four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and so we want access to data and we want, you know, quick understanding. And, and so we want to give people that. Uh, you just took your assessment, 20 minutes, you can get a lot of data, but there's so much more richness that, that over the months, we want to continue to educate you um, so that you get a deeper understanding. And we avoid quick labels that, that actually might be wrong and and might cause you to be pigeonholed rather than feeling like, you know, there's a growth mindset for you to be able to flex. Yeah. And I, the first time I took it was what, back in November or December, and, uh, and then I took it, you know, just today and really consistent results. So I think that's the other. Yeah. Positive yeah. There. Oh, lots of science behind this that would be really boring for me to rattle off right now, <laughs> but it's <Yeah>. there. <laughs> well, and, and what I sometimes tell people about Myers-Briggs is like, okay, it's almost like going to look for paint at Home Depot. Like when you go, you could look for a red, but there's all these different types of reds and that's what we would. You know, so we keep that in mind with Myers-Briggs, and that's why, like, Pat Lanchoni shows up a little bit different than I do. But, again, yours, that's built into the system, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's what I really like. Okay, so you took over uh, in January, and since then, you've changed the name. Yep. I mean, you as a team and and all that made that decision. Um, What are you most happy about so far in, in the eight months that you've been there? Yeah, I had started talking to them, you know, probably in the sort of September, October timeframe. And I had seen the power of the tool work at Intuit and had really learned to appreciate it for this this nuance that you and I just talked about, which is um, if we can just help people quickly understand the basics of it and then give the richness over time, I I think more people would appreciate it. And so this is kind of the conversation that I had with them in Q4. And I think what I am most happy about in, you know, this, you know, 
seven or eight months since then is it's been really rewarding to help the team there have an even greater appreciation for the value the tool can bring many more people in the world by simplifying it and making it more digestible in this technology platform. Because the actual science and the assessment questions and the content really hasn't changed much. But the power of using technology, I mean, technology, as you know, everybody knows there, there's good and bad with technology. And it would be bad to have all this be technology. Like you don't talk to anybody about your assessment and there's no consultant that comes in and interprets it. Um, but the good part of technology is simplifying and making things accessible and usable. And so that's what I'm most proud of, just you know, helping the team bring this to life and see the excitement in their eyes that, wow, we can really get this in more hands um, around the world so more people can take advantage of this versus us really needing to hire a whole bunch of people to go explain this from beginning to end. And so this augmentation, I guess, James, of, of tapping into just enough technology combined with a consultant and this hope that more people will be able to take advantage of this and do better work together and become better people. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that answer. Um, Explain to me like your business model and how it works. Is it people can come in and, and just sign up for the assessments or they, you have a team of consultants or a little bit of both. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so the business model is, uh, so right now we're in beta, you can come to teamsite.co and you can sign up for our beta and it's free and you can give us feedback and we would love that. Um, Next month we'll launch production and there will be a 30 day trial. So you can come in, uh, you can play around with the tool, you can take your assessment all for free, invite other people to connect build teams, see each other in in these different scenarios and in different snapshots so that you can see how you complement each other. Um, And from there, you know, we hope that it's not one and done. And that's, that's enough to get you excited to continue to learn um, with your colleagues and that you would sign up for a subscription. And so the subscription is, uh, you know, $4.99 a month uh, on an annual basis or $7.99 per month if you want to just pay monthly. So we want to make it really easy, accessible. We want to offer some of this for free to just get people to learn more about themselves on their own and then hopefully get excited enough to want to do a session with a consultant that will accelerate their ability to put this stuff into practice and really start using it in the organization, not just the language, but to really start using uh, the ability for people to see where their strengths are and, and tapping into them. And then every team has a blind spot. And so, you know, just really quickly understanding the blind spot and how to overcome it. Sure. Sure. Sorry. I just kind of rambled on a little bit on that. (laughs) Oh, no way. That was good. That was good. Um, so then I'd like to hear what you found as a leader to be 
like most challenging. And and remember, this this podcast is meant for leaders. It's meant for mm-hmm. people who are aspiring to take leadership positions. Um, I want to get into the COVID situation next. So mm-hmm. like, what's been challenging and taking over absent COVID? And then we'll get up. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most challenging aspect for me in this role is you know, maybe it falls under time management, although it, it's it's uh, more strategic than like waking up in the morning and trying to figure out what to do. I, I think it's time management for the whole company. So we mm-hmm. have been significantly invested in the product. So Rally Cry, right, is like prepare to launch. And we've been yeah. in prepare to launch since January. And we're marching toward it and we're checking everything off. And so, you know, all hands on deck kind of thing. And, you know, what happens after launch is, you know, we haven't come up with it. We're having a strategy meeting tomorrow to come up with the exact language, but it has something to do with sales and marketing. Of course. (laughs) So you've got the product and now you got to like get it to market and, you know, transitioning from that focus to this new focus and how much is the right amount, right? Because we have to keep building great features and functions in the product. So we can't completely move all the resources over. So I think that's the hardest thing is resource management, time management for me, time management for my team. um, And trying to get that right and trying to iterate. We just talked about your profile, your team site profile, James, and um, you're very flexible. And so when it comes to, okay, now what should we do? You'll constantly iterate and keep coming up with new plans. And and that's great. And we should celebrate that at the right time. But you don't want to be doing that every day. <laughs> right. Especially as you're getting ready to launch. Like if you kept iterating and iterating, you'd never launch. Right. Yeah. So building in just the right amount of structure for who should be doing what and allowing some flexibility. It's hard. It's oh, hard yeah. to know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where to spend the time. Yeah. And then, of course... You took over in January, 2020. Clearly, in the fall and, and winter months, you were you were looking at taking over and prepping to take over. But you take over in January, and you know, in March, we're dealing with a global pandemic. So, yeah. talk to me about you know, I've had leaders on that have talked about this, but it's got to be a unique challenge, uh, even more unique for somebody who's just taken over a company. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe it's even hard to answer this while we're living it. And sure. the, the better answers will be the Monday morning quarterback in like January. Have me on again in January of 2021 and ask me <laughs> again. Um, because I, I, hope also... could, I hope that's what we could be Monday morning quarterback <laughs> is in January. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Yeah, I, I, I also am, you know, I tend to be glass half full and rose colored glasses and all that stuff. And so I, I don't mean to be Pollyanna, but I, I do feel very fortunate that I had already made several trips to headquarters in Dallas, Texas, um, and met with the whole team there, um, probably, you know, four or five times. And so I at least had some face to face already under my belt. Um, And we had already been working really hard to build in some virtual tools to allow us to to work better together because I'm in Palo Alto. We have a developer in Florida 
and one in up in Seattle area. And then the rest of our executive team is in the, the Dallas area. And don't you have somebody in Albania too? Yes. Our, well, so our development team is in Albania. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we, we already were virtual. And yeah. so we were putting even more tools in place when I came on board. So I do feel like by the time we were forced to work virtually, we had the tools in place. So I, I feel fortunate about that. Um, and I really feel fortunate, you know, not to like toot our own horn, but I know you appreciate this. And I, it, it's meant in a humble way, like just we drink our own champagne. So we use our tool to yeah. overcome, you know, attribution error. And we use the tool to like, you know, it's just basically give each other the benefit of the doubt that we're also in a stressful time in addition to all of us having our own strengths and weaknesses that we bring to the team and the, and the table. And so we use that language a lot. Um, so I feel like that has also helped us uh, navigate these times. We share a lot about how we're personally doing, we're vulnerable with each other in that way. And so I think we helped each other through COVID. Now, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention something that's really upsetting to all of us, which is one of the authors of the assessment, um, Gene Getz, has COVID and he's in his 80s. And, mm. you know, I don't want to talk too much about that because it's upsetting. But I, I think that's the worst thing that has happened to our company with COVID is, yeah. is that because that's serious. And some of these other things we can get through. And so we're, we're in, all, in our own ways, we're all praying for him and, and hoping that he comes out of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my daughter, Maddie, had COVID. I don't know if I told you that. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but she had it for, um, I mean, she had symptoms for about three days. And we got her tested on, like, day three. And, uh, and, and actually, that afternoon, she started feeling better. Um, and then we all got tested, uh, and none of us got it even though we had been in really close quarters with her. So it's, right. it's really interesting how this is affecting different people differently. So I, I really pray for, for him and, and hope he gets better. Thank you. Thank you. All of that for all of you. Yeah. Were you going to add on or no? Yeah. I, so, so I, again, think that probably it's taking more of a toll than I realize. Like, I think that if I had a weakness, I mean, that's probably one of them. Like, I think I, I, I kind of, we're keeping forging ahead and, and I, I try and pause now and then and check in on people, but there are probably some things missing that would be happening if I were able to travel, you know, every couple of weeks and be face to face. Uh, if, if our clients hadn't, uh, you know, pushed out some of the consulting sessions and we were able to be face to face to get some of this product feedback instead of, you know, on zoom, um, so I, I know there are some things that, that could be better if we weren't in this situation. And it's just my nature to just kind of keep going. <laughs> yeah, for sure. for sure. But it's also in your nature to check in. I mean, there are different leaders who will probably keep asking how you're doing. How are you doing? How are you doing? To the point where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm done answering that question. But then there are other leaders who would never ask that question and just be laser focused on goals and revenue and things like that. And I think you're right in the middle. Like 
you're going to ask enough that, that, you know, clearly you care about your people. And so you want to make sure you do a regular check-in. Um, but you're not going to over-index on that because you do have to lead the company as well. And uh, I, I think that's the right mix. We, well, we're all, we're all doing our best. And yeah. I, I think I, the language that keeps coming out of my mouth, both professionally and personally is, you know, yeah, we're all doing our best. Everybody has some hardship that's coming from this in some way or another. It's kind to know what it is. And it's also kind to just, gosh, give even more grace to people. Um, totally. Because I don't know about you, James, but like sometimes the not such good Debbie shows up. <laughs> And, you know, she she showed up before, but she might be showing up a little more frequently now. I don't know. My mom was living with me for a month, so oh. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. trying. <laughs> yeah, and then you are virtual, so you're not leaving the house to go to work. And, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we, you know, the, the challenge that I've seen, too, is we're all on this roller coaster we're just at different points in the roller coaster at yeah, different times. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You know? And uh, there for sure have been times when I'm just like, hold on a second. Like, I thought this was going to be over way sooner. Um, now it's hot in Arizona. I can't leave my house. And, you know, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like I can't even go outside for a walk. You know, it's like, oh, this is mm. brutal. Um, you know, I, I really thought we had, a, we had a big family trip planned in June. And I thought we were going to go, you know? And so that's where my like, wait a second, what? You know? Um, so this is just taking longer than I think we all expected. And then we have been on so many calls as a company with, with our development partner in Albania, with, with other, we have so many other partners that are doing such a great job of ser- serving us and servicing us and, um, and saying we're the lucky ones. Like we're the lucky yeah. ones. We're appreciative yeah. that we're working. And yeah, so totally. we have a lot of that too, as totally. I know you do too. Yeah. Yeah, totally true. Um, so I want to pivot a little bit because I'm really curious, you know, before you joined the table group, you were in either um, functional leadership roles, like, uh, you know, head of sales and head of, you know, head of functions. And then you were also the leader of a company, a co-CEO. Um, and then you came to table group and I like to say to people, like if I had, if I had read the advantage in my previous leadership role, I'd probably still be there, you know, <laughs> That's funny. I, I love yeah. the material, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I'd be such a better leader, mm-hmm. uh, but thank God I hadn't read it because <laughs> I wouldn't be a table group. Right. But, um, but now you've been through Table Group and you were there for, what, seven years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't know if you know this or remember, but you were the first consultant to take me out to uh, to a consulting game. Oh. <laughs> were, so we I won't love it. talk about that session Oh, right no, now. it's great. I, mean, I remember <laughs> it. We were Berkeley and, um, and we kind of challenged each other at dinner. But yeah. anyway, um, so, uh, so now that you've been through Table Group, talk to me about how that helped your leadership style now? What did you learn? Or, you know, are there some things where it's like, gosh, I wish I was back before a table group because I have this consultant line now. I don't know. It could be anything. I don't want to lead the witness, but how, how has yeah. your leadership? Well, I, I think a couple things. I think, I think no matter how much we know about being a good leader, 
we're still going to make mistakes. And so absolutely, I would love for my team to be able to answer this question. Um, and, and, and I think what they would say is she spends a lot of time talking about how it's supposed to be. <laughs> and she has a really good understanding of how it's supposed to be. Um, and, and we keep getting better because of it. I mean, we are really, you know, using uh, the meeting advantage, I mean, yeah, the meeting advantage tool online, which, which are all the, the, the meeting philosophy of Pat's. Um, and so that has been great for the team. Uh, we have our, our clarity defined. Uh, we talk about all the behaviors that, that we think are important, including vulnerability and having really good debate and and making commitments. I mean, so so we're implementing all this stuff, but I still make mistakes, right? And yeah. and and unfortunately, like they tend to be a lot of the same ones I made before. So I think that my teams in the past would say she's kind of hard because she 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 probably I I think I I voice my opinion too early and I don't listen to the team enough and and I think I do push really hard on the goal sometimes forgetting it's a marathon and not a sprint. So, so I think some of the mistakes I made before are some of the same ones now, but I think I call them out more and I'm more humble and vulnerable and I'm helping us move forward more quickly with some of the good stuff that we teach at the table group. So I think it's much better now than it was, but it certainly isn't perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember um, when, when I had dinner with Josh uh, you remember Josh from Table Group, and he had he had left to take over uh, the president's role at a small medical device company. And we had dinner, and and he he said, you know, can I can I ask your advice on something? And 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 it was like, yeah, this is you know, he asked me, hey, I've got this guy on my team and having some challenges, and you know, gave me a little context. And I said, yeah, well, this is what I think you should do. But Josh, you know that and he's like, yeah, but you know, well, there's this added context and okay, well, that changes the answer a little bit, but you know, you, you know that. And they finally just said, I know, but it's so different when you're actually leading. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, and you're, yeah. you're, um, you know, you have such high expectations for yourself that I think, you know, you're probably, um, we're all going to make those mistakes and you're probably just going to like think about them a little bit more maybe. Um, but I think you're such a great leader. And, you know, I really appreciated your perspective when we were with a client or when we were in our conferences. Um, but I, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of this, as a consultant, you're the coach, and you want to give pointers, but it's way different being actually on the playing field or on the court and playing, you know, and, and, and it's, that relationship, I think, is just healthy and, and really good. And it's. I feel really lucky that I was able to be a coach to CEOs because I have my own little Debbie coach on my shoulder. Yeah. And then I have found people to tap into, to continue to tap into people that were colleagues before and then also just new people sort of in the space. And I'm probably much more comfortable now than I would have been before I ever coached anyone, knowing how helpful the coach can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that, that I might've even thought that it was a weakness or, well, I should probably know 
how to do that if I'm already the CEO. And now I, you know, I've got no shame. <laughs> I will ask anybody for advice because uh, there's always nuggets that come from them, no matter who it is. Yeah. Well, that's an evolution, man. Like, hey, I, I, you might be more comfortable in not knowing all the answers. Yes, I think that's definitely true. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the meetings for sure, you know, meetings, uh, I believe this at the table group and I cannot believe how much this executive team has accomplished in this very short period of time. And I, I do, I give a, a tremendous amount of credit to following Pat's meeting philosophy and our tool and just having good behavior and having a system to follow and just cranking it out. Like it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it, it's, it's so cool when people follow those, those tips and about the meetings and they come back and say like, Oh my gosh, that's had such a huge impact. It's really unbelievable. And it's so simple and it's free. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple. Right. Right. And it's free. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So as we turn and, you know, you look, you said, all right, maybe in January we're playing Monday morning quarterback to COVID. Yeah. What? God, let's hope so. But yeah. um, as you look at 2021, what are you most excited about? And, you know, clearly not having to deal with COVID is one of them, but about, about the team site and your assessment and all that. Yeah. I'm just so excited to, get team site in more people's hands so that more people can do their best work together. You and I know, James, that there are many disenchanted employees and organizations, and there are a whole bunch of reasons for it. And, and yeah. table group has a way of, of helping that. And I think our little way of helping that is to help to illuminate what people's, you know, natural gifts are and to help them understand it, how important it is to tap into those when you're on a team. Some people hold back for a variety of reasons. You know, we, again, we don't have time to talk about all the different reasons, but if we can help more people recognize these amazing behavioral talents that they have that are so natural to them and help them appreciate how their teammates are unique and different from them. So they tap into theirs at the right time, depending on what the team is talking about or executing on. I just think people go home at the end of the day feeling more fulfilled, being appreciated, and then more, you know, shit gets done. <laughs> and that yeah. feels good too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. Can you share the um, your website again and the best way for people? Yes, to yes. Uh, it's TeamSight and it's spelled, you know, T-E-A-M-S-I-G-H-T because it's about the insights you're getting. And it's yeah. .co because the .com people, if you're out there, wouldn't sell to me. Really? <laughs> so fine. We'll just go .co. You'll find us there. You can sign up for the 30-day trial anytime after the middle of September. And we would love to have you, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Oh, that's great. I'm going to get my clients in on it because I think it's such a great tool. So 
Um, Debbie, it has been such a good time to catch up with you and to hear more about your uh, company. And I'm just so happy for you. This has been great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Org Health Advantage. Your hosts, Keith and James, are helping leaders change the world of work and invite you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. For more resources on building stronger teams and organizational health, check out tablegroup.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.